Welcome to Funding the Dream, a Game Whisperer podcast for Kickstarters. I'm Richard Bliss, the Game Whisperer and your host, and I'm joined today by Chris James, co-founder of Stratus Games, a game company uh, founded in 2009 uh, out of Tucson, Arizona. Chris, thank you for joining me. Thank you very much for having me, Richard. We, uh, in the next uh, 20 minutes or so, we're going to talk about specifically about uh, one topic, and that topic is over the last, well, let's say, week or so, there's been a discussion about Kickstarter themselves and how Kickstarter kind of manages their interface for allowing um, game, in this case, we're going to talk about game projects and how those game projects are, are put out there. And, uh, and Chris, I know that you have a definitive opinion about kind of how Kickstarter is doing that, and you've written quite a bit about it. And that's why I invited you on the show is rather than try to continue to write a book, which you were doing a good job of uh, starting out there, is to actually talk about kind of your position on on Kickstarter themselves and some of the issues that you're kind of taking uh, exception with with what they're doing. So why don't you go ahead and, and reiterate kind of where you're at with that. Okay. Um, so, you know, we just recently uh, started up our project on Kickstarter about two weeks ago. Our first project is called Dice Safari, um, which is a, you know, a dice rolling um, kind of photo safari themed game, um, which is actually the the fourth line in, in our line of titles here at Stratus Games. And by the way, my six year old wants me to back that project already. So, <laughs> well, that's that's a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, we've been looking at Kickstarter for for a while now. You know, our our, our previous three games, we went through the traditional channels, and you know, um, Eruption was the most uh, recent game that came out. It's getting a lot of attention. Um, but you know, we 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 followed you know we the pre-order platform. Um, we have uh, you know distributors, retailers lined up all around the world carrying our products. So that's kind of our long-term you know uh, channel for for getting games into local game stores and that sort of thing. Um, and we've been looking at Kickstarter for a while because um, kind of based on the the research we've done, based on a lot of the hype that's coming out there, um, Kickstarter is really kind of changing. The way that 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 you know fundamental model works by allowing us to reach customers directly um, at the beginning of a, of a project, and that's kind of why we we got into to Kickstarter, um, and, and you know I believe it's a it's a great platform. I mean, there's a, certainly a lot of projects that have been funded that may not have had a chance otherwise. Um, it's just really really exploding, and and there's a lot of hype around it, and. You know, it's it's really you know we've found the process of posting a project to be you know really quite straightforward um, as far as as far as you know creating the project, um, you know all all that sort of thing has been has been really quite you know user friendly. But uh, um, but but the but you have taken exception and have been uh, fairly vocal about it on Twitter and on the Board Game Geek forums about some of the things that you don't like. And that you feel, or maybe uh, Kickstarter is not doing properly. That's correct. Um, and, and really, you know, the problem started out um, a few days after we kicked off the project. We, of course, actually immediately when we kicked off the project, we started really marketing it. We have newsletters, we have, you know, social media, we have all kinds of ways to reach kind of our our customer base that are interested in our in our projects, which really are you know casual games, and we're, we're trying to reach kind of a casual gaming audience. Um, but w what came to our attention a few days after we started is that we started getting inquiries from, from people who were interested in backing our project who went to the site but could not find our project listed. Um, and that was kind of concerning to us. You know, um, you know, obviously the, 
you know, the Kickstarter platform, they make it clear that, you know, we're not a marketing company. I mean, you as a project owner, you know, we're expected to market ourselves and that's certainly understandable. But when we found out that we had several users that for whatever reason could not find our project and actually asked us if the project had been deleted or canceled, we felt that that was crippling to our own marketing efforts for our Kickstarter project. Okay. So you've, all right. And, and this is where you and I start to kind of diverge a little bit about, about, um, about this topic. For example, I'm very aware of the difficulty it can be at finding certain projects on Kickstarter. I do a, a weekly Purple Pawn um, Kickstarter project, and I have to search diligently. And sometimes games that were on my list, I have trouble finding them on the Kickstarter uh, page. So you and I agree with that, that the interface and the ability to sometimes define seems to be lacking. There seems to be sometimes it kind of gets lost. Correct. Um, and, I, and in your discussions, that's the part that I agree with. The part that I'm having difficulty agreeing with is the, is the negative. And I can understand that if people can't find your project, they can't fund it. But that the fact that, that somehow Kickstarter is harming your campaign by not giving you uh, exposure that you think that they should. Am I, right. have I said that properly? Yeah, you know, I believe so. I, I feel that, again, that, that, you know, the way the interface is designed, um, unless a project has been specifically chosen by the Kickstarter editors as a featured prod- project, it's very difficult to find that project or even know about its existence, even if a user is looking for it. So if, if we, you know, direct users to Kickstarter and say, hey, fund us on Kickstarter if it's on a podcast if, or something where there's not a direct link that they can click on, you know, maybe they're not going to remember the name or maybe they just prefer to browse on the site as opposed to searching for the project. We feel that we are losing backers because of the Kickstarter user interface issues as we, as we you know, term them. So you're losing backers because because your premise is, is that you believe people should be able to casually go to Kickstarter and find you like a shopping mall and just type in some keywords or something and then be, that you should pop up and they should find you casually and not specifically. Not that you're driving them there, but if they, sh- if they were to show up on the Kickstarter site without you prompting them to go there, that they should be able to find you fairly easily. Well, that's correct. You know, and, I, and I think there are, you know, advertising principles that are pretty widely accepted that, you know, if you have at least three impressions, say, of a particular product, sure. then, then you're going to remember it, act on it, that sort of thing. So we, we may get the backers that are, you know, going to follow the link right then and there and support the project. But those that say, hey, that's interesting, I'll look at it at a later date, and maybe didn't save the, the URL or didn't save the project name, when they go back to Kickstarter thinking that they're going to be able to browse and simply just see it in the list and remember what, you know, and know what, where it is, we're losing those types of people. And I think that's an important um, user base. So, but couldn't you argue that that issue isn't necessarily targeted at you, but it's just a simple interface issue that with some effort and some time, maybe they'll just fix it so they make it easier? It, because. I think in in some of your criticism, you've come across almost as a as a it's almost a personal thing 
uh, I think that you take exception that the news and noteworthy areas that somehow these Kickstarter editors have the ability to act as a gatekeeper about who gets exposure on their page. And that seems to be something that you're taking exception to. That's correct. You, you know, I, I believe that um, featuring content is fine with me. I mean, you go to a news site, you go to CNN.com, there's going to be featured stories. But what's, what's different about a site like that is you can then very easily browse the remainder of the stories that maybe aren't featured. Um, so, you know, if I go to CNN and I go to the tech category, I may not be interested in the featured things, or I may just want to see the rest, and I can go down and see latest news. And I know that everything in that list um, corresponds to the latest news, and it's complete, and I can browse it, and I know that what I'm looking at. But, but you know, my is issue with Kickstarter is kind of the nature of the titles of their lists, for one. Um, I believe that users are going to, say, the board game category, and, and they're seeing what they see, uh, you know, the title that they see on the top is new and noteworthy. And to me, the word new in that list makes the users believe that new projects, perhaps all new projects, will be in that list when, you know, what we have found, and, and that's actually the way I interpreted it as, you know, doing research, you know, looking into Kickstarter, looking at the different projects. That's how I interpreted that list. Sure, and, as did I, as yeah. did I. And, and so users, you know, will expand that list and it says see all recommended projects. And I thought that's a little strange, you know, what's going on. But maybe they're going to that list because it's the only place that mentions the word new, and they're thinking, I am seeing all of the new projects on the site. So if I say on, in my marketing channels, whatever those may be, hey, go to Kickstarter, check out our new project called such and such, somebody is going to go there because they're interested in it. They go to the new and noteworthy category and not find it and simply forget about it or wonder if the project was deleted for some reason and no action will, will happen. You know, but instead... You know what those actually are, and and what we have determined through customer feedback, you know, from people who are saying, "I can't find your project." You know, we obviously want to go in and figure out, well, what what's the cause behind this? You know, we we, we talk to Kickstarter, and they they give a very cookie cutter response that's kind of their, you know, copy and paste response to everybody who's wondering why their project isn't and new and noteworthy. Um, but you know, after investigating this, you know, of course, we we realize. And perhaps the more experienced Kickstarter users are, are very well aware of this, that new and noteworthy simply is editor's picks. They, the editors will choose what projects are, get, are going to be featured, and they are listed in new and noteworthy, which, which to me, it, it does not portray um, the message that the, uh, the user, the end user of the site is given, that these are new and noteworthy I believe that if nothing else, those headings should be changed so that the user knows what they're looking at. Okay. And, and, and I'm going to agree that you have all these are valid points from a usability standpoint that if they had an enhancement button, this would be very useful things for you to stick into the enhancement button request. Click the enhancement and say, hey, it would be really helpful if you were to fix this or change that. You might have a problem here because I think sometimes in your search algorithms, I'm not certain projects aren't showing up. And I would actually second that as well. There's certain times I type things in and I had just typed in the same thing and I can't find it again and then I have to try and I have to tweak it and then it pops up. So there seems to be some kind of glitch or, or, or hitch in their searching. But from 
my perspective is that's simply just an enhancement request. Yeah, and you know, one thing, you know, I would say, and one thing that really makes me um, consider this closely is, you know, I have I have a software engineering background, and I'm certainly familiar with usability tests, user interface tests, and like I said earlier, the Kickstarter interface in other areas of the site, creating projects, you know, those types of things are 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 very easy to use, are you know, very nicely done. Um, I, I would imagine that a website this big is going to get their usability experts, test every aspect of the site, and to me, you know, the way that the interface is set up for discovering projects, I believe is so unusable, but yet so simple to fix that it must be intended that way for some reason. Uh, I, I would I would have to imagine that lots of people have already made this request or wondered what's going on. You know, people we've talked to have said, "Hey, I, you know, I, I've noticed that I can't find new projects where I think they're going to be." I, I'm sure, I'm sure it's a very common thing. I'm sure they get that request all the time. So it makes us wonder. You know, it makes us think, what's the motive behind it? You know, on the flip side, if they were going to have a way that was easy to find all of the projects, you would see, you know, that there are a lot more projects that are actively going on that are not funded at, at the current time. I do be believe that if Kickstarter is doing this on purpose, then more power to them. Okay, figure out what the rules are and, and follow the rules. And if the rules are, are not to my favor and it helps somebody else, all right, they won the lottery, I didn't. It's not the lottery's fault. It's just, okay, they got a bonus. Because Kickstarter says in that little thing is that, hey, our job is not to market your product. Our job is to help you fund your product, right? And so mm -hmm. I agree, though, that people go out to Kickstarter, they browse, and if I see a project, uh, you know, Chris over at Dice Hate, uh, Dice Hate Me with their carnival, they got a huge bump when they got on the front page. But again, I always argue that you have to take that as a bonus. Oh, how nice. Somebody tipped me generously and I got a bonus. But you certainly can never count on that being a core part of your funding strategy. You know, absolutely. And, you know, I, I believe that you know, I have nothing against featuring products however they want to do that. And I, and I agree that that is a bonus. But, but what we have had a problem with is not that our project didn't get that bonus or wasn't featured, but that the our marketing efforts are somewhat crippled by the fact that people cannot find that that normal non-featured product so I can in a user-friendly way. I can understand what you're saying. If somebody, if you don't give them the specific URL, if your marketing only generalizes where your project's located and not doesn't delivers that specifically then yeah, it becomes a little bit harder for them to find that uh, if they're just kind of randomly. And I'll admit, as we were getting ready for this podcast, uh, it's difficult for me to remember how to spell Dice Safari. So is there an E in there? Is an A in there? So I had to type it in a couple of times to find it before it popped up. And I thought, oh, great. I'm not going to be able to find it right before we have a podcast about complaining that we can't find things on Kickstarter. Sure. You know, and, you know, spelling issues are, are one thing. But, you know, we could even provide, and we, we do, of course, provide direct URLs. But what happens is if somebody later on, a week later, wants to look at this project, the extra work involved, since they can't, okay, they go to Kickstarter, they can't find the project on Kickstarter through the normal interface. Right, 
right? So then, so then they have to be motivated enough to go find, remember wherever it was right. that they it. saw that direct URL, go back there. I, I, I just argue that we're losing backers because of that issue. Yes, they, ha they have an enhancement request that they need to fix their search and discovery because it's hurting. If I don't have an easily dispelled project and you can't remember quite what it's about, then it makes it hard for you to find it. Um, I believe the backing potential of, of a project that's featured by the editors is a lot higher than the backing potential of those that are not. And, 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 totally agree. And, totally and that's, agree. And, and, and that's not a problem. But, but I, I would also suggest that, first off, the editors are not into the board game scene necessarily. They may be. I don't, I don't know. But their criteria is very ill-defined. So number one, as a project owner, I don't know how to make my project the best that it can be, you know, so that they like it. I mean, they, they've given some very vague um, explanations about how that is, but I really don't know that. So one, another suggestion I have is that, you know, you know, the, the Kickstarter editors have a very strong, you know, say they have a lot of power as to which projects get backed because of their featuring mechanism and because of the limiting, you know, uh, user interface issues that prevent people from happening upon the non-featured projects. And so one thing I would like to see um, is, uh, you know, aside, aside from being able to browse all the projects, being able to sort them, give the users the ability to find others, I would propose a, an additional request, feature request, that users through some sort of a voting system, right, can basically vote up or down the projects they like. So it's actually the user base that decides what are the good projects or what aren't, because maybe the Kickstarter editors are overlooking what are good projects and what aren't from the board game perspective. That, that is certainly a valid approach, but then you have the tyranny of the majority. Then you could have little, now little guys are really being locked out. Because a little guy who goes in there who tries a small little project is going to get buried by those that have a big following, a big brand name, a big opportunity. And that whole, the more fans you have, the higher are you in the rankings, literally now goes and harms the very person that maybe you were trying to help. Because the little guy just doesn't have a voice and has no way of getting that voice. And they came to Kickstarter and then maybe they get lucky. Maybe they get the, the, the lottery and one of the editors looks down and says, hey, I kind of like this project. I think I'll stick it on the, the front page. And they stick it up there for a day, and they benefit. If there's some type of formalized mechanism that you can game or that becomes automated and the human factor kind of comes out of it on an on a individual level, but it becomes a, a majority rule, again, I'm not sure that you're going you're to create more problems than you're solving. And for, for Kickstarter, they're like, you know, this is working. It works for us just to kind of randomly reach down and we pick some, some projects we like and we throw it up there. So, you know, Richard, I, I can see your point there. I can see um, that maybe that, that would disrupt kind of their model that they have going on. But at a minimum, here, here's the problem. I think that a, a, a brand new project that is expecting to be in the new and noteworthy list, which inherently is a higher visibility list, where Kickstarter has um, basically, to, to me, you know, as a user, I expect that to have new projects. I would, at a minimum, expect Kickstarter to put the new projects 
in that list, the way they seem to be um, advertising that list and the things that it contains. And I think that's where, as a new project owner, I think that's where I've been the most disappointed because I had the expectation that new and noteworthy includes new projects and that my project would have the opportunity to get additional visibility because it was new at the very beginning of the of the project. What you're saying is, look, just if you're going to call, where are, is the new stuff? I think that's what you're kind of arguing is, I want to go as a, as, a, as a new person looking for a project or as a project person, I want to know that I'm going to show up under the new button. Whether that new button is on the new and noteworthy or that's simply a new since the last time you logged in or new in the past time frame, just give me a place where I can go and see those new things or give me a place where my project is going to show up the first time that it shows up on Kickstarter. Is that fair enough that that's kind of that will absolutely that yep will that's exactly what I'm looking for and I you know I, I think that would be a great addition and I think it would benefit new project owners in the future and that's kind of what I'm wanting to uh, you know to request from Kickstarter um, as a project owner and and I think that, that that's an important uh, feature that should be added soon I think we can get their attention with that one if we if we narrow it down to that and say this is what we would like how you achieve it. Yeah, we'll leave that up to you, but this is what we would like. I think they'll listen to that. You've been listening to Funding the Dream. I've been talking to Chris James, the co-founder of Stratus Games out of uh, Tucson. Uh, he and his husband, it's a husband and wife team. And uh, Chris, I want to say thank you so much for joining me and kind of having this uh, kind of back and forth discussion. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been an interesting topic, and I, I appreciate you having me on. No problem. You've been listening to Funding the Dream. I'm Richard Bliss, the Game Whisperer. Thank you for listening. Take care.